Curtis Joseph here. In this episode, I'm going to talk about angels and demons. Are these sentient beings that exist outside of ourselves? If so, are these beings at war? Or are these merely psychological atavisms that we can activate and through that process create change in our life experience? Come with me and find out. Why are we getting beyond the Judeo-Christian model? The reason for this is quite simple. Though I do appreciate Christians as people, though I do respect everybody's right to believe what they see fit, I simply do not accept this bicameral idea of angels versus demons. I do not accept that because it is not logical. If you have listened to the previous episodes, you will pretty much have a philosophical understanding regarding why. I simply understand that light and darkness are mutually exclusive. Absolute light and absolute darkness are equally blinding. And it is only through the careful balance of both that we can see the truth of reality before us. And that is a logical, rational idea. Now, what I have come to find through my own alchemical work and through my own experience is that you have to continue to view things through a hermetic lens to grasp what I'm about to say. If the basic hermetic principle implies that that which is above is like that which is below and that which is within is like that which is without, then we understand that these spirits that we call angels and demons are potentials that exist within us as well as within the fabric of reality through the vehicle of nature. This is very interesting to think about. Now, let us also uh, keep in mind that if these are potentials that exist within us, the very act of demonizing them will disempower us. If we have specific potentials, and we demonize them, and we suppress them, they will become toxic. They will become shards of the psyche that will tend to create issues. However, if we do the shadow work, and we learn to understand the shadow work, we come to understand the demons, we can compel them to work for our greater good. Sometimes this takes a little bit of uh, contemplation beyond information that is available upon the surface. There are magicians these days, for instance, who have brought up examples of using baneful spirits, such as vampiric entities, to drain the life force of disease for the sake of healing. 
Archangel Mikael. It was the strength of God. Is often employed by what most people call right-hand path magical paradigms for the sake of painful magical attack. So you see, these forces can in no way be limited to either acts of good or evil, acts of light or acts of darkness. As a matter of fact, it is the heart of the human being and the intention of the human being that dictates whether or not these forces are good or evil. Divinity is honestly a neutral force that is very primal, yet it is very creative, potentially, as well as very destructive, potentially. It just depends on our relationship with the creative or destructive process, and that which we express most through our thoughts, words, and deeds within this world. But, you know, to get even more in-depth beyond this hermetic idea, we need to understand the spiritual biology that is within us. Within my specific magical paradigm, um, I use the dragon as a symbol of divinity. And what I teach, in essence, is that all angels and demons are daemons. According to the Greek definition of the word, which is more etymologically sound and um, accurate, daemons are described as spirits which are useful to the evolution of mankind. They are helpful, useful spirits. And while angels and demons may operate through slightly different due process, they do operate, and they are not at war with one another. They are akin to the positive and negative sides of a battery. Guess what? If you only have a positive or negative side of a battery, there is no power. There is no battery. You see, this is the interesting thing about these modern religious ideologies is that they force you to choose one or the other as if one is better than the other. And that is simply not the case. Again, usually for the most part, we remain in a state of observation, being neither for or against any one thing so that we can liberate ourselves from personal bias and see things in a more authentic way. But within these Judeo-Christian magical models, there are 72 names of God, 72 angels of the Shemhem Faresh. There are also 72 jinn, or goetic demons. In context to my working magical philosophy, these are all scales on the body of the one dragon that we call divinity. This is the no thing which permeates all that is. It is the kundalini, the breath of the dragon, I should say. There are 72,000 sand-like crystalline particles that exist around the perineum. This is where the root chakra is found in the Vedic systems. Each 1,000 of those sand-like crystalline particles represents 
one of the 72 goetic jinn said to reside within the infernal realms. There are 72,000 sand-like crystalline particles around the pineal gland, which is the physical manifestation of the Agna chakra, or the third eye within the Vedic traditions. Each one of those 1,000 sand-like crystalline particles represents one of the 72 angels, one of the names of God, one of the angels of the Shemhem Farash. Now, there are specific codes within the Grimoire traditions. You see, many of these angels, they seek to return to their thrones next to the mercy seat of God. The mercy seat of God is the Agna Chakra. So what they are implying through these subtle hints is that these demons need to ascend. They are looking to ascend. And when they do, we get beyond primitive human consciousness that exists within the first three energy centers of the human body. Now, when these particles congeal and they begin to unite with the celestial potentials in the pineal gland around that area, what happens is that uh, the pineal gland starts to emanate light. This light is what enables you to imagine and visualize things. This light is what creates visions in your dream state for you to remember and translate into information when you write it in your journal. Um, for those that have a lot of experience meditating, sometimes you'll see geometric patterns behind your mind's eye or faces of random people. Sometimes you may see demons or angels. This is all from light that the pineal gland starts to emanate. This light and the seven colors of the physical light spectrum starts to emanate at the same time. Now what happens at this point is just like when you combine all seven colors of the light spectrum with markers, you're going to get the color black, uh, you start to emanate black light from the third eye. This is the purple light of the Agna Chakra. I mean, this is why when you look at a physical black light, the light itself is actually purple. At any rate, the pineal gland starts to produce melanin. Melanin molecularly is the same as coal. What happens when a coal is placed under friction, under pressure? It becomes a diamond. This is called the Dracontia within medieval Dracontian lore, Draconian lore. It is said that if the knight or the dragon slayer could remove the black diamond from the dragon's brow before it was slain, that the warrior would obtain all of the magical power. Well, this is an interesting analogy, right? But notice this. Notice the fact that this does not happen without both the infernal and the heavenly empire. I mean, let's just look at nature. Uh, fire can warm you at night while camping, or it can consume your home. Water can nourish your house plants 
it can also carry your home away in a torrent, in a torrent, in a flood. I mean, it's something that cannot be denied. There are pros and cons to all things. This is the case when we're talking about angels and demons. Now, with all of that being said, I also need to bring up that there is a modern argument that happens on a consistent basis, and I see it every day. Even though I have taught against this for years, there is an argument about whether or not these beings are sentient forces that exist outside of self or aspects of the psyche, atavisms, right? Uh, this argument is silly because both are true and therefore both are lies. And so we shouldn't waste our time. Let's contemplate that for a moment. If there are two groups of people and one group believes that these are sentient beings that exist outside of us, it is true for them. And then there is another group that claims that they are psychological atavisms. It is true for them. Therefore, for them, the other party is lying. It creates a reciprocal pocket of wasted effort, energy, and time. It's not worth arguing. We've just now covered how these programs exist within our biology. When you actually reach this higher state of consciousness, and these 144,000 sand-like crystalline structures, structures are united. That number will sound familiar to some of you who are familiar with the book of Revelation. But that 144,000 uh, programs or potentials, when cleared and activated, when you are illuminated, the other 72,000 nadis that exists within Chinese medicine are then cleared. This is a process of illumination and self-actualization. It is at this point in time, through this alchemical work, that you are illuminated. At the same time, these are simply potentials that exist within the fabric of reality. Right? They don't necessarily exist until we call upon them. Each name each spiritual signature or sigil, what it does is it helps us to focus in on a specific potential, a specific set of attributes or powers of, or possibilities that exist as potentials in nature. And we're honing in on those, right? And then what happens is as that energy signature begins to interact and overlap with ours, the subconscious mind begins to filter that energy signature. It filters that energetic uh, impression and informs you through the vision and the voice. But this is all predicated on your subconscious predisposition to that potential power. So if you are a Christian who is, for the most part, afraid of demonic forces and you call upon a goetic entity like Citri or, or Baal, then yeah, most likely the Christian ideal of a demon may be 
represent itself in your first few encounters. However, as you start to interact with these possibilities and potentials, you will start to see them differently. Because now you are not being dictated and led around by subconscious predispositions. You will instead be relying on personal experience, which evolves and grows over time. As you evolve, so will the nature of the entities that you may be working with. And this is the case whether we are talking about more angelic or celestial spirits, planetary entities, demonic forces, jinn. You know, all of this really evolves with you. Your spiritual work is a reflection of you and your spiritual maturity. Now, that's not saying that you as an individual have to choose to work with either angels or demons or both in context to this specific podcast. It's not relevant. It's not needed. There will be plenty of information here that can be utilized for your growth, including this subject matter. Because whether you employ angels or demons or not, it's important to understand what they actually are. These forces have existed far longer than Judaism or Abrahamic religion. This goes back to Sumeria, Akkadia, Babylon, Kemet, or Egypt. <sighs> they are spirits which are useful for the evolution of mankind. When you understand that they are indeed potentials that reside within inside of yourself, just as well as potentials that exist outside of self, you can just simply let them be. Because as those potentials are needed, if you are a person who is working on your own empowerment, they will come forth as needed, whether called upon or not, because this is dormant power that exists everywhere, and it's your birthright. It is your birthright as a human being. This empowerment is yours. If you have found this podcast to be useful, be sure to subscribe and share it. Let's get the message out there so we can create change for the greater good of all. I appreciate you tuning in. Until next time, Curtis Joseph, signing out. Mm -hmm.